0: Hi, Governor and Bo. Your show is the highlight of my day. Thank you so much for all that you do. You know how cute I always thought you were. I, they're, they're,
1: they're. Is, is, is there a book and page number you can reference me to, please? I don't have a copy of the report in front of me. Time to play
2: the game. The majesty of this place, <laughs> what it represents. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor.
3: The history made here, it is an overwhelming experience.
2: <laughs> well said. This is sort of like a schizophrenic rodeo.
0: Yes, I hear you. Four
2: years as NC governor.
4: Governor Bo, thanks for having me, in. I appreciate it. Great to be on WBT, the
5: big
2: legacy station. Oh man! Behind the scenes conversations.
5: We served together
0: when I was governor of Indiana, and uh, he did a great job. Pat McCrory.
2: WBT presents. Uh, I honest, uh, Bo, I don't, I don't know how good he is on radio. You'll have to <laughs> tell him that I said that. The Pat McCrory Show. I'll do even better <laughs> th- with <laughs> Bo Thompson.
1: I'll do even better than that. I will, I will replay that line for him when we get on.
2: McCrary! He's giving them hell, buddy!
1: (laughs) Well, let's hope uh, this Wednesday is less eventful than last Wednesday. Can we agree on that? You know, we we can't predict anything for the future, but
5: I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Um, You know, what's interesting right now, we just had our intro, which you did a great job in producing, hearing Mike Pence. And one of the things that made me so, frankly, upset during this whole process was not just the riots, but how Republicans are turning on Republicans. And the first the first shot fired, and I'm putting that in, not literally, was when Donald Trump, our president, my president, your president, kind of threw Mike Pence under the bus, publicly, Instead of meeting with him privately and going, hey, I hope you support this or don't support this, and if you don't, I'm going to do this, he did it on a stage, and he did it through tweets. And never before in our history have we had a president and vice president have public disagreements, especially with this type of magnitude. And, Bo, now we're having Republicans in the Congress Start, argue with each other and fight over policy and more than anything else, power. Lynn Shani is now supporting impeachment. Kevin McCarthy is not. They're having these major arguments and they're dividing. And the Democrats are sitting on the sidelines, along with the media, loving every bit of it. Republicans fighting each other. We've done this before when we had the majority. When Donald Trump was first president the first two years, we had the House, the Senate. And, and the White House. And what did we do? We started getting in a circle and go ready, aim, fire toward each other. I'm putting that again. Don't take me literally. And it's a sad commentary. We had the Freedom Caucus fight the leadership of the House, and they fought each other. We had the Senate fight each other. We had just warfare. Now, the good news is the Democrats do the same thing. When Obama was elected president, he had control of every House, too, the Senate, the House and the presidency. And guess what? They started fighting each other. And two years later, they lost the Senate. And if we start cooperating with each other, the same thing will happen two years from now. We'll get both the Senate and the House. But they aren't seeing the big picture They aren't seeing the big picture. That's one reason I'm going to have Greg Murphy, U.S. Congressman from Eastern North Carolina, Greenville area. He's going to be coming on our show in just a few minutes. I'm going to first ask him where he was during the attempted takeover of the uh, House and Senate chambers and the Capitol building and also about this infighting regarding impeach or not to impeach, censor or not to censor, 25th Amendment or no 25th Amendment. (sighs) When... And they need to turn around and look toward the outside and ask the questions, what's the country need? Not what they need. What does the country need at this point in time? Besides
1: that, I don't really have much to say, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> two, two words come to mind mm-hmm. to dovetail on what you just said. Mm-hmm. Splintering and fracturing. Seems like there are a lot of, yeah, there's some splintering going on. There's starting to be subsets of uh Republicans thinking one way about the president and another way and uh, that can lead to uh, you know a lot of different uh, sub levels of of thoughts about uh, the president uh, and and not at all being unified and this happens on both sides but uh, oh, it's it's, it, a, yeah. it's an interesting time right now
5: uh, it's uh, by the way, this is not a new dynamic it's just right. a little more visible. It happened to me as governor mm-hmm my, I had Republican legislators who had been in power for two years, and when a Republican governor came in, they went, you know, we can't give this guy power. We're going to take even more power. And I had to take him to the Supreme Court trying to take away the executive power of a Republican executive because it was about power and turf. And if we had gotten along better and we didn't have these power struggles, we'd still be in office and we wouldn't have the stalemate in Raleigh. So... Part of the challenge I had, and at times I had it as mayor at times, where we'd have Republican council members fight me, the Republican mayor, and vice versa while the Democrats sat on the sidelines and went, hey, we're enjoying this. Again, the only good news is the Democrats do the same thing, and they will do it. The minute Biden's sworn in, you're going to have the AOC faction start fighting him, and you're going to have Nancy and AOC fight each other. It's, it, it'll become personal and about power. But it's not good for the country.
1: By the way, I've got a little bit of breaking news here, and Mm -hmm. we'll get into this, I'm sure, later in the show. But Gibby Harris has scheduled uh, a news conference at 9 a.m., which uh, you and I both know she doesn't schedule news conferences very often during our show. And Brett Jensen believes this is stemming from the fact that uh, she used the term directive yesterday. uh, And there was a lot of confusion locally about whether or not this was a lockdown or an order or whether, you know, how binding it was. Uh, So I think she might be uh, clarifying a bit of this later on she, so more are they back from durham yet on their christmas vacation uh well that was oh that
5: was the manager that was dina diorio mayor. that was dina there's gibby and dina Were i you, don't I,
1: and i don't know if uh, if dina's part of this but gibby harris is holding a news conference coming up so we'll see what that yeah, is and also later here.
5: on i'm going to talk about as tim boyan you know, had a great interview with tim and i interrupted it of course i you know The media is expressing outrage about the attack of the Capitol, and they should. There's no excuse for it. But where was the outrage when Reverend Barbara basically took over the North Carolina Legislative Building? And they made a lot of assaults toward this former governor, too. And there was no outrage on the Capitol grounds when they tore down statues and assaulted police officers.
2: This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.
1: Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of love you. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show here on WBT. And want to go to the WBT hotline. And, Governor, I know on my early show, our next guest has been somebody who has really had a unique insight and a very useful insight over the last year or so because he's one of the few in washington that is not only a congressman but he's also a physician he's a he's a doctor and he is congressman greg murphy from eastern north carolina district three
4: Good morning. Good morning, Joe Bo. How are you guys doing, Congressman?
1: Great to have you on, and say hello
5: to all my friends in uh, Greenville, except for Henry Hitton, you know, the <laughs> well, second you know, best I, radio I show with Henry in North Carolina. A
4: little Germany. while ago, and poor Henry, he's still in his delusion that he has the
5: number one show. <laughs> oh gosh, he's that is, right? dreaming. He's dreaming. I was actually on his show day before yesterday, and I I said the same thing on his show. By the way. So I'm sure I, that I was the. I'm sure that was the number one segment of the week. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, their, their ratings peaked in Greenville, North Carolina. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, I got to ask you that. Where were you uh, at the time the the protesters and the anarchist uh, came into the uh, Capitol building?
4: I was in the chamber. I was I was ground zero. Um, you know, we got uh, my. The only way you find out things these days when you're in the minority party in uh, D.C. is to find it out by Twitter. My, uh, my chief of staff was sending me all these things that were on Twitter about the, uh, the instigators outside, and then all of a sudden leadership was gone, and then boom, 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 all the uh, chamber doors were slammed shut, locked, and we were told to get down under our seats. And uh, a few minutes later to pull out gas masks, and a few minutes later we were evacuated. So I was at ground zero when everything was happening.
5: Were you concerned for your safety?
4: I, to be very honest with you, Pat, point blank, no. Um, you know, I, I you know it, I have to say I'm a surgeon, and if I lose my head in the operating room, then everybody else loses their head. And so I was not. There were other members that, to be very frank and honest, that were very upset. You know, screaming, some crying. I, I did not feel we were in danger. Um, there was obviously something going on, and we were evacuated appropriately. And the Capitol Police um, tried to do the best job that they could. But I never felt that I personally was in danger.
5: So, all of a sudden, at the beginning of this show, I, I've, I'm reading in the paper and seeing the news last night, as usual, the Republicans are having infighting. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're fighting each other, which, by the way, the Democrats wind up doing the same thing the minute Biden is sworn in on January the 20th. I guarantee it. But yeah. well, tell me about this infighting. You have uh, uh, Cheney, Congresswoman Cheney, say we ought to, go, we ought to vote for impeachment. And you have other Republicans saying absolutely not. Then you have some Republicans saying we ought to do censor. What what the heck is going on? And is anyone really well, looking out for the nation right this time?
4: Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a very, very valid point. Um, right now, uh, we've doubled down on attacking ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you've got one wing of the Republican Party that says um, we're splintering off, we're for forming our own party that plays perfectly into a liberal playbook to split, conquer, and divide us. Um, you've got other folks that are saying, look, let the, the president is leaving in a week. Let's stop the divisive misfit, Let's stop pouring salt in the wound. Let's just get through this. And uh, and then we'll be now the objecting party in Washington, D.C. And it's just there's nothing redemptive of what the process is right now. Nothing whatsoever. It is just a horrible, horrible time for our country. And this whole impeachment process um, does nothing but further scar our nation.
5: You and I agree on that 100%, and it, it, it discourages me to see, because, you know, I had to deal with this in Raleigh, <laughs> sometimes yeah. my own republic, And a lot of it's about power, isn't it? I mean, really, it gets down to power. There are going to be power struggles, because I think the Republicans have a good chance to be in the majority in two years from now in both the House and Senate. And are they positioning themselves for the future, or is this really about the issue at hand?
4: Yeah, Pat, um, the thing about 2020, I felt great about this three weeks ago about us taking back the House. Now I don't know, um, because it's been such a blight on the Republican Party, and it really goes to independence. This is not, this insurrection, this instigation is not what the Republican Party is about. And I'll even put it further, you know, now there's a call to arms to, to have armed protests in 50 capitals and mm. in D.C. That is not what the Republican Party is about. And I would just plead, plead with those people not to do that, because that will, in essence, do just the opposite of what you want done. It will destroy the last four years of all the achievements that President Trump has done, like him or don't like him. This, uh, this presidency has been marked by wonderful, wonderful uh, achievements, and uh, an armed insurrection or the, the shedding of innocent blood will destroy all of that. Um, it's a it's a tragic time, and you're right. It is a power struggle uh, between many different factions,
1: Congressman. What's the uh, scene in Washington from your day to day activities? How has that changed in a week now? I, I was hearing uh, one of our Fox uh, reporters talking earlier about uh, how the security uh, changed, uh, just to get in where they needed to get this morning. What's, what's the, the change in protocol, if any, for you, uh, in, in a week's time?
4: Well, it is essentially DC is essentially in a lockdown. Um, I've told all my staff, both not only in DC, but in the district to telework. Um, I've had uh, a couple credible threats uh, on my life in the last week. Um, uh, now, um, unilaterally, um, the, uh, the Democrats have decided that everybody, every member of Congress who goes into the chamber now needs to go through a metal detector. I think some of that came from the result of some of the members saying that they were carrying a gun in the chamber the other day during the uh, during the chaos. Um, but that's caused a huge stir. Um, last night, uh, there was a line backed up to get into the chamber. Very, very difficult and trying times. So again, as I said, this is pouring uh, salt into the wound, acid into the into the eye of the nation and uh it's a very very difficult time right now
5: well we need to calm down the right rhetoric both the media talk radio included me included and and the politicians maybe need to just tone down the rhetoric man
4: (laughs) yeah the nation needs to take a deep breath there you go um you know to be honest with you pat if the uh if the democrats were smart um, they would uh, come out and say a uh, call for a uh, call for a, a sense of calm and unity, but instead they're doubling down on partisanship. So they're they're ruining their own playbook. I
5: honest. agree with you one hundred percent. I think the Democrats are overplaying their hand, like we often did during controversy. You don't need to step on the fire when they're the other team's creating the fire. You just shut up and let it happen. And I'm not talking about the fire. I'm talking about them making the wrong decisions. Um.
4: Sure. You know, he's leaving in a week. Uh, I just don't see how this heals our nation at all. And, you know, Pelosi and many, and I've said this many times, uh, many people hate uh, Trump more than they love the country. And she's exhibited that completely. And so um, it, it's just uh, it's a sad time to be in politics. And Joe sure. Biden
5: uh, and Kamala Harris have added fuel to the fire instead of trying to unite us, at least bring calm and peace and serenity. And let our Constitution work. So,
4: Right. That's exactly right.
5: Exactly well, you right. and I are in total agreement on this. And, uh, Greg, I appreciate you being on. And be safe there in Greenville and ask your staff and you to be safe in D.C., too. And it's sad we have to say that. There's no excuse for it. Sadly, I had to say that to my staff when I was governor often, too. Uh, yeah, sure. There's no excuse for it. No excuse for violence. Not in our no. government. God
1: bless you.
4: Yeah. All right. Take care.
1: Dr. Greg Murphy district number three eastern north carolina he's a congressman he's a surgeon and uh, thanks for joining us here on the pat mccrory show welcome back to the pat mccrory show 704-374-3800 the big finish awaits you next hour brought to you by Rugsource. your chance to uh, chime in about anything and everything and as we always say not just what we've talked about but maybe what you think we should talk about governor no doubt about
5: it. We'd love to have feedback from our, uh, our listeners. Uh, we look for objective feedback. We look for, at times, humorous feedback, which we need now more than ever. A little humor in this tense society that we have. And we look for constructive feedback. 704 374 3800. What about the infighting among the Republicans? What about the infighting among the Democrats? And uh, the next subject is extremely important, too. What about what's going on in the state? And Governor Cooper had a press conference yesterday where I call a pseudo-press conference because he, again, continues to be very selective on who he asks questions, who, who allows to ask him questions, and also he doesn't do it live and in person, uh, despite a big enough room to allow that. And there's no media uh, outrage about Governor Cooper continuing to be well-protected from uh, tough
1: questions. So yesterday uh, as you say he held a news conference and uh, here is some of what he said.
3: Just a few days ago our country endured a violent attack on our nation's capital the seed of our democracy. It left death and destruction along with threats by some that there is more to come. This assault on our democracy was the result of dangerous rhetoric lies, and disinformation that spread far and wide. Okay, stop. It's a stark stop, rema- stop. Stop.
5: Governor Cooper, what you're saying is correct. However, where were you when there was an assault on our own state capitol where police officers were assaulted, property was wrecked, rhetoric was strong, and you said and did nothing and this was within 10 yards of your office window. I know that window. I've been in it. Total destruction. And police officers assaulted. And you said nothing. And that's the center of North Carolina's democracy. What did you say when Reverend Barber and other protesters from the left's left used to invade the legislative halls, when you were attorney general, you said nothing. And it was the, the reason they were invading it was to stop government. Now, to their credit, most of them weren't violent. They, they, they had verbal violence, but it wasn't physical violence, but it was still wrong. And where was the media at that point in time expressing outrage? Where was the outrage when me, me and members of my staff, when I was governor, were verbally and physically assaulted? By left-wing protesters. And when you were governor, where were you when I was assaulted as a former governor four years ago in Washington, D.C. during the inauguration? And verbally say, you know, that's not wrong to attack the former governor. And these were supporters of you, Mr. Governor. So what you're saying is now is correct. But what you're saying now is also hypocrisy and inconsistency in your outrage. And the media doesn't call you on it. It's just, it's just, this is this is where a lot of Republicans get upset. And and, and any Republicans that defends the outrage on the U.S. Capitol, uh, I'm not on your
2: side. <laughs> I'm nowhere close. Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT.
1: Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show on this Wednesday morning. So I have to say that uh, as I sat down to listen to uh, Governor Cooper's press conference yesterday, I uh, I started wondering to myself whether he might have listened to the Pat McCrory show yesterday. Because if you remember, uh, we talked a lot about words and uh, word choice and word usage yesterday. And so let's pick up uh, part of the press conference with Governor Cooper here.
3: It's a stark (laughs) reminder that our words matter. Words are powerful and can be used to help or harm. Last week, we saw how the words of elected leaders can cost lives. Lies and misinformation have cost lives during this pandemic as well. All right, stop, our ex- stop, stop,
5: stop. Before you throw stones, recognize you live in a glass house now frankly governor cooper what words are you expressing now are really helping the nation really a governor what words are you expressing now throwing stones at other people's words and now you're talking about some people even during the app uh, the virus We're hurting with their words. Well, why don't you look in the mirror and look at yourself? We all can do that at this point in time. For example, your words of saying that we looked at the science before we made any decisions and only the science determined your decisions. Really, the science told you, as I've repeated a hundred times, that bars should close and breweries should stay open. Your words mean something to us, Governor Cooper. And your words of saying you're following science, when it's pretty obvious there were politics involved in your science, means something. So before you throw stones, reflect upon your own words during these two major crises that we have in our nation and in our state. When you have no words for violence on the state capitol grounds, when police are being assaulted and statues are being torn down, and you say nothing. The lack of words
3: sometimes have consequences. All right, Bo, go on. Experienced a one day peak in reported COVID 19 deaths on Thursday with 4,085. More people could be alive today, but for dangerous falsehoods that have been spread about the critical importance of masks social distancing, and other common-sense safety rules. Stop.
5: So now more lives could have been saved due to other people. Well, you might want to do an evaluation of yourself. Have all your policies worked? Were you correct during this entire time? Because with less deaths eight months ago than we have today in North Carolina, you shut down the entire economy. Why aren't you doing that now? I'm not saying you should, but your policies have been inconsistent. Is it because your science has been inconsistent or is it because your politics have been inconsistent and your leadership? Don't always throw stones at other people. And I've always said, listen, I'm not criticizing your intent because everyone's winging it with this virus right now. And don't go throw us the mask environment. Yes, there are some people who foolishly don't wear masks and make that a big deal about freedom. But there are also some controversy about masks. And you took off your mask when you walked with the protesters for 20 yards. Apparently, the virus doesn't catch over a 20-yard time period outside the mansion with hundreds upon hundreds of people.
6: Okay.
3: Words matter. People listen to leaders and often follow their calls and imitate their actions. As the death toll from this pandemic continues to increase, our leaders must listen to science, focus on the facts, and tell the truth with their words and the examples that they set.
5: Stop. And the media sucks this up. And doesn't ask, well, wait a minute, Mr. Cooper. At one time, you said this. Did you mean that? At one time, you closed certain establishments and not others. You let Walmart open. You let Lowe's open. You let Home Depot open. And yet, you didn't let small clothing stores open. You've been inconsistent in your policy. You've been confusing in your policy, not just the policy of what to do with this virus, but also now the vaccine policy has been extremely confusing in the state. But you don't seem to be taking any responsibility whatsoever for anything that went wrong. Anything that you did was right. Anything that other people did was wrong, both in D.C. and here in North Carolina. That's not leadership. Own up to what you may have done wrong or right or where you may have guessed, which is appropriate during times of crisis. Words have meaning, Mr. Governor. And not just words about other people's words, but words about yourself. And I include myself in that, too. I look at, back at some words that I've used, and I go, really? I might have been wrong about some things. Own up to it. And frankly, you were wrong about some inconsistencies in your policies. And telling everyone all your policies was based upon science. No, you had a lot of lobbyists inside the governor's mansion lobbying you on what can be open and what couldn't be opened. Own up to it. There were politics involved both in the DC and in Raleigh. And you're a politician too. You were running for reelection at the time. Words do have meaning. God, I miss the B.G.s. Isn't that a great song that I forced you to play yesterday, Bo Thompson? You won't play it again, because you have no courage, Bo Thompson. Words.
1: Now, my love. <sighs> That's what we need. Right now, be no Unfortunately, I had it cranked way up. That's even worse. You we need Barry Gibb
5: now more than my ever. <laughs> God, Robin and cor- Maurice were still alive. So let me correct you. And I've Andy. never needed Barry Gibb. <laughs> oh, if it, if this was your what, what? What's your favorite band? Not Barry Gibb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we hear the ending of this? I know we have to go to news or traffic some other words. There we go.
6: To take your heart. There we go. Away. <laughs>
1: T.J., the producer, is cringing. eh, eh, eh. Well, uh, one hour from right now, we'll do the complete opposite of this, (laughs) the big finish. (laughs) 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 Hour number two, next. WBT, we lead local. I'm Steve Counts, WBT News.
0: First comes spring and summer. Pat McCrory
2: is my friend. Thank you. But then we have fall... And winter. 14 years as Charlotte mayor.
0: Thanks, Governor. Thanks for having me. And this this actually all started under your leadership with uh, this brainstorming of what are all the pieces we can put together. Four
2: years as NC Governor. You see, I'm one of the only radio
5: people in the country who've been in the corporate suites, who've been in the governor's suite, who've been in the mayor's
2: suite. Behind the scenes conversations. Who's been in the
0: Oval Office. Hey Pat, it's Donald and I've been watching you all morning actually and you're doing phenomenally well.
2: No talking points.
0: If I can help at all, just let me know. Give me a call. I always
2: go right. WBT presents And then we get the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. Spring and summer again. What did that mean? I have no idea. I don't either. Well, Mr. Garner, I must
0: admit that is one of the most refreshing and optimistic statements I've heard in a very, very long time.
1: (laughs) Welcome to our number two of the Pat McCrory Show on this Wednesday. I feel lonely. Uh, You know, I hear
5: Bob Lacey's voice. That's the one and only Bob Lacey in that intro. And I miss Bob right now. You know we don't get to see each other. You know all this virus stuff. Everyone's working different places, and I miss seeing people. Don't you miss seeing people, Bo Thompson? Oh yeah, uh, Bob Lacey. I, I I miss Bob Lacey every day. Bob and Cherry's studios right next door to us. We don't get to see them as much every more more because everyone's working in different locations, trying to keep away from each other during this virus. And I just wonder how so much of our audience is stuck at home. And wants me the heck out of home. (laughs) I mean, are any of you feeling that way, too? I mean, and now I'm having a tough time watching the news. That's why occasionally, Bo, we're having the most serious conversation. And I have to throw in a little levity at the end just for my own sanity. I don't know if it helps the sanity of our listeners. But occasionally, we just need to take a deep breath and maybe crack a joke. Not a rude joke, a funny joke, a self-deprecation joke. And because we're losing that in our society right now. And occasionally, I wish we'd watch on Fox and CNN and MSNBC and the BBC and the ABC and the CBS. I wish every once in a while they'd just take a deep breath. Well, I'll tell you this.
1: All this right. is something tell we talked this. about. Tell me this right now. See if you agree with this. All right. Most people would tell you, most people would tell people. you mm-hmm. that 2020, this last year has been one of the worst years ever. Mm -hmm. However, however, ask any dog in 2020 was the best year in the history of the world. Gosh, man, you, this is why you're so popular I know
5: this is why I everyone know. likes you and hates me but I, I mean, mean everywhere I go they go I love Bo <laughs> Thompson and I'm sick of it but, but now I know
1: why because... wouldn't Mo say that oh Mo haven't you seen more
5: of Mo this past year than you've ever seen him before I have and I'm loving every minute of it especially now that he, he's in the later years of his life and it's killing us there's nothing worse than watching a dog limp and age but I mean, every every time I put on the leash and I'm walking Mo five times more than I ever used to walk him. Although we can't walk as long anymore, yeah. I I have a routine. I clip him right there at the neck, you know, the leash down to the neck there and mm-hmm. on his collar, and then I sniff him above the neck, and I just go. Oh. And that happens a lot more than it normally and it, would, and it brings so. me serenity. Yeah, because so the dog loves you when you wake up in the morning. Plus, they want to be fed.
1: So when uh, when things get back to normal, the pets are going to be like, "Hey, what's the deal? The gravy train is over." You know, I wonder if we'd start treating each other like we
5: treat our pets. At least those who are pet lovers treat our pets, and no matter yeah, what it? our no matter what our pet does wrong, we go, "That's okay." You know, because yeah. when a, when right now, Mo's in the stage of aging, which is very tough. Where occasionally he can't make it out to the dog door. He's Because his hips are hurting so much he can't kneel, and sometimes there's a little trail going out of the house, (laughs) like a horse trail. I don't need to be any more specific on radio, but, you know, you don't get mad at him. What's the old saying?
1: You clean it up, and you hug him. What's the old saying? We should all be strive to be the person that your dog thinks you are. I've never heard that saying. It may be an old saying, but I've never heard
5: it before. It's true, though, right? I thought I taught you everything you know, but not everything I know. But you just taught me something you know that I didn't know. And that that may be a first in the three years of our show. You got some information from Bo about (laughs) Mo. And you know what? Pets right now, a lot of people are adopting pets right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people like the Humane Society and the dog shelter do not have the oversupply that they normally have. The numbers have gone down of the number of dogs and cats, I might add, are being Mm -hmm. put down because people need company right now. And people need stress relief.
1: <laughs> Although, somebody sent me something on uh, social media the other day. They posted, they said, I'm so tired of hearing people say that they lost their cat. You didn't lo- <laughs> they said, you didn't lose your cat. Your cat left you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, man. It just that, uh, have you occasionally just said, you know, because I'm a news junkie. You're a news junkie. You know... Occasionally, I go, I can't watch it. And my wife says, Turn off that TV. We're going to go watch Below Deck (laughs) and take, you know, watch a Caribbean vacation instead of watching, you know, Hannity or watching Chris Cuomo or whatever. And that's why on this show, Bo, occasionally, even during the most serious monologue, yeah, I might then crack a joke about Nancy Pelosi's hair or my hair or your hair. And, yeah, we might be fired for it one day, but who cares? You know, let's have fun. You know, let's put things in perspective. I remember, we, you know, during the summer I read a lot of books, and I read a book about the, the, the Battle of Stalingrad, and the battle. I read another book on the Battle of Berlin. And, you know, at that point in time, millions of people were losing their life. Millions of people were starving to death. Sadly, people were being mutilated and brutalized and raped and starvation and cruelty that we've never seen before and it makes today's standards look like nothing does that mean we don't underplay today's standard no but we do put them in perspective and right now i think a lot of the baby boomers millennials and generation x they've really never seen the really tough times really i'm, I'm talking tough times And we're not putting things in perspective of history, and maybe that's because we aren't teaching history much anymore in our schools. But I do think we aren't putting things in perspective. What we saw this past weekend was horrendous. It could have been much worse, and it can be corrected. And we're gonna continue to survive. This Constitution will survive. And so we do need to all take a deep breath. And uh, not get so emotional about it, especially emotion, which turns into rage, which then turns into violence, which we saw during Black Lives Matter. And we also saw the people do at the Capitol. And to me, they all become anarchist because they want to destroy government and our way of life. And I don't want that done because what is the alternative? What is a better system than what we have now? In the past or in the future, what is a better system? Someone someone, please answer that question. If they want to destroy the system we have now, what are you going to replace it with? And that's what I don't think a lot of the especially younger generation get in their rage, in the violence. That's why it's a little discouraging to me to see such people who are my age beating police officers on the Capitol grounds. I'm going, really? You're doing that? Because you, like me, were the same ones criticizing the attacks toward our police officers on the streets of Charlotte, which was inexcusable, including uh, this mob mentality, cannot, cannot replace civility. We need civility, and we do need order. Now, we don't need so much order that we get rid of freedom of speech, and that's another big debate that's fighting our soul of our country at this point in time. Is there anything else you want to talk about, dogs? That will loosen me up right now. Mo? No, I
1: think you. I think you effectively did it.
5: I miss my Mo, man. He's, mm-hmm. Man, I just. It's been tough for us with Mo right now. Anyone going through that with an aging dog that's been part of your life for such a long time? But I'm enjoying every moment with Mo. And you get you get. Mo and you're and Mo. going through
1: that with your dog right now, right? My dog's uh, about the same age as yours is. And yeah, I mean, uh, you, you gotta, like you said, use this time for what it is. It's 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 a tough time when you're confined to, to being at home, but think about the things that that, uh, that works out in the positive way for. And, and your animals are like, hey, <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the most, expo- this is the most attention I've ever had. <laughs>
5: yeah, and I hate to tell you, some of these animals might feel the stress of us feeling the stress. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing our animals any good. We're not doing our kids any good.
1: Well, the animals that are listening right now want to know how the traffic is.
5: I know a rating they... is number one among animals. There's yeah. no doubt about it.
1: Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of love you. No pills gonna cure my Ill. I got a bad case
0: of love
1: you. Welcome back. Pat McCrory's show continues on this Wednesday morning. Thanks to uh, Dr. Greg Murphy. He joined us last hour. Congressman from Eastern North Carolina. Always good to have him on the show.
5: Yeah, and uh, right now, one of the most serious things going on, of course, in the world, which uh, is the vaccine Yep, and the virus. And, you know, we need to continue to have honest conversations about this. In fact, the Wall Street Journal today has an incredible article about maximize the vaccine. In fact, one of the recommendations is not only to make the priority to those who are 75 and older, because those are the ones most likely to die and who are dying as we speak today who get this virus. As the statistics have shown since the very beginning, this really, the dying started in a nursing home about one year ago this month uh, in Washington State.
1: Mm -hmm.
5: People who uh, had low tolerance for something that attacked the lungs. And sadly, we've had colleagues of ours die from this. I've had friends die from this, but mostly I've had friends survive from this, and go through a diff. Some don't even know they have it. Some, including my nephew Patrick, had a tough two days. Remember about six months ago when he had it, mm-hmm. and we've had other people didn't even know they had it. So it's it's all over the place. But uh, the whole conversation's now about this vaccine and and. The Wall Street Journal is saying right now, talking about herd immunity, and that maybe the people who shouldn't get the vaccine are people who already have had the virus. In fact, science actually says that you're probably about 99% protected from the virus, not guaranteed, where the vaccine might protect you from about a 95% protection rate. So maybe those who've had the virus shouldn't be in priority line to get the shot. A Mm -hmm. fair question to ask. I don't know what the answer is, but it's an interesting
1: argument. And so locally here, uh, there's been some confusion in the last 12 hours. Yesterday afternoon, uh, Mecklenburg County Health Director Gibby Harris held a news conference, uh, and she uh, tweeted a directive... For people to stay home, and and suggested that schools uh, should go all remote. Okay, so a mm-hmm. directive, not a not a mandate, not an executive order. And on the heels of that, several local private schools uh, did. We went to all remote today, and right. uh, now there's the question about what CMS is going to do. They have an emergency meeting tomorrow. So uh, there's been some confusion about this. This word uh, "directive" because it's been interpreted by some people in town as a lockdown, which uh, Brett Jensen was quick to point out this morning and yesterday. This doesn't have any teeth technically. Well, Gibby Harris scheduled a an impromptu nine o'clock news <clears> conference <throat> this morning, which has been going on uh, while we've been on the air here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to play a moment here. A few minutes ago, Brett Jensen uh, questioning uh, Health Director Gibby Harris.
2: One. Um were you a little surprised at the frenzy that was caused yesterday by the directive in terms of the way the media and what happened with the schools? And the second question is, I guess it would be for uh, Dr. Sullivan concerning uh, the that you know Dr. Cohen had to meet with a subcommittee yesterday up in Raleigh and she was uh, had to explain why it's taking 15 to 20 minutes per person to enter the data for everyone who, entered, who gets a shot. And the head of the hospital association said, that's unacceptable. If it's this bad now, what's it gonna be like when it goes to the general public? Have you guys had issues with entering all that data and taking 15 to 20 minutes per person who gets the shot?
6: So I'll let Dr. Sullivan answer the question about the data.
7: No, I think it, it is a good question, and I think it's one that, as you've mentioned, health departments and hospitals have been really trying to figure out the best system. And so, you know, in addition to doing what we have to do in order to safely provide vaccines, which is to screen individuals to make sure that they don't have any contraindications or precautions of the vaccine, provide the appropriate counseling, and actually administer the vaccine, and then monitor them afterwards, we do have to enter the data into uh, what is called the COVID vaccine management system, which is the North Carolina state system that is collecting all of the data. Um, And that does take time. We have made the decision uh, to hire additional data staff. And so a lot of that data entry is happening on the back end. um, And again, does require additional staff and time and we are working as quickly as we can to get caught up and to stay up with that data entry because that data entry also reflects how much vaccine is given. I think one of the other challenges also goes back to what I talked about before about starting to require um, or ask people to bring insurance if they have insurance uh, in order to bill and in order to bill, uh, we need to go through an electronic medical record to actually submit a claim and hospitals need to do that as well. And at this time, there's no connection between electronic medical records and the state uh, COVID vaccine management system. And so that requires double data entry. And so when we talk about how long it takes and how much needs to occur both sometimes on the front end and the back end, it is a significant burden. And I think we're all trying to brainstorm and work together about how we can streamline that process. Because as you mentioned, our goal is to get out vaccine as quickly as possible.
6: Now, I want to emphasize, emphasize something that Dr. Sullivan said is getting that data into that system as quickly as possible is critical because it does, impact the allocation we get on a weekly basis for vaccine. So we do not want a decrease in the amount of vaccine coming to Mecklenburg County because we've not been able to get that data in. Um, The other Um, question had to do with, um, with (laughs) response to the directive. Um, It has been interesting to see the level of um, angst and concern about the directive. Actually, I'm glad to see that because we wanted it to be taken seriously. We wanted people to understand the urgency of the directive. This directive is not different from what the secretary put out earlier for the state of North Carolina. The difference was that it was specifically for Mecklenburg County. And I am pleased that people are taking it seriously, because that is the only way we're going to make the difference that we're going to make. we do we wanted to have this media availability this morning to make sure that we were all on the same page about what this means um, and how people need to interpret it so we appreciate the opportunity for y'all to help us get that out in a very clear manner
1: so there you go brett jensen asking the question moments ago uh, about uh, this directive which is as we said governor not the same as a an executive order or a mandate but it's it's caused a lot of question uh, in the community in the last 12 hours and it's caused uh, several private schools Charlotte Latin Charlotte Country Day Providence Day all announcing uh, that they are canceling in-person classes today and Charlotte Christian made some changes uh, CPCC made some changes so, I don't know if
5: it was right for her to say and I don't think she meant any ill ill uh, conclusion from it but she said I'd liked I I, I like that we had angst because of my announcement no, it wasn't angst. It was confusion. <laughs> and I don't think the director and the county manager should say they like confusion because there's total confusion by parents, by school officials, by kids about the vaccine, about the virus, about when we work, when we don't work. And they're mixed messages. That's why I, the governor ought to be careful about throwing stones at others especially when the state is not ready to have insurance claims put in in a reasonable amount of time where a lot of people, are in, including relatives of mine, didn't get insurance to pay for
1: their test because it was too
5: big a pain in the butt to do, to fill out all the
1: paperwork. Well, and Jensen uh, said earlier that he, he didn't say which school, but he said he did have some school uh, area school administrators calling him yesterday saying, what does this really mean? So, uh, And she said obviously- she likes that angst. Didn't she say that?
5: I, I, I actually we, like to have that angst but, so people would take it seriously. No, you don't wear
1: confusion. We're late to the news, but uh, that was that is breaking news, news that is happening news. on the air right there and the story we've been following all morning. So there you go. When we hear about it, you hear it on WBT.
6: Response to the directive. Um, it has been interesting to see the level of Um, angst and concern about the directive. Actually, I'm glad to see that because we wanted it to be taken seriously.
1: That was moments ago. Health Director Mecklenburg County Gibby Harris talking about uh, the confusion over the directive that she issued yesterday. And she was
5: actually happy to see the angst. Uh, It was interesting to see the angst and I was actually happy to see the angst. (laughs) I don't know if that's the kind of answer people are looking for. I mean, that's not the way
1: you get people to take things seriously by confusing them. And again, the directive that she issued, just so we're all on the same page here, Uh, she said that uh, she's urging all businesses and schools to go virtual. And, And what's
5: interesting, just two or three weeks ago, the scientists, you know, science, remember that, were telling people that it's safer for kids to be in school than at home, because they're more likely to get the virus at home. So we're, we need reporters like Brent, too, and Brent's doing a great job asking tough questions and, and getting news in his questions, to ask the question, wait a minute, you're telling us to do school from home, and yet the scientists say, many scientists are saying, it's safer for the schools to be open. And so these are. this is the confusion. And there's confusion about the virus right now. I mean, the vaccine right now. I talked to a doctor yesterday, Bo. It's kind of interesting. I won't tell his name because it'd be unfair to him. But it's interesting that I, I, he's 69 years old. And I said, are you going to get the virus? And he said, no, right now I'm not going to. I think the priority should be toward other people. Plus get the vaccine. I'm, the vaccine. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think other people need to get it before me, and also, I, the odds of complications from taking the vaccine is less than one percent. But it's you know there is a there is some there is a less a little less than one percent problem rate with someone taking the vaccine. Just like there is a little less than one percent real serious problem rate with those who get the virus. So he's a he's a real expert in statistics and he's figured statistically it's better for him not to get it now he encourages anyone definitely over 75 and over to get it regardless and anyone under 75 with pre-existing conditions with any lung or heart problems and blood pressure problem and things of this nature to get it But there are issues with the vaccine also, as there are with any vaccine. But I I think it's worth taking that risk, which is a little less than 1%. And I'm not qualified to tell you the names of those risks. But these are the honest conversations we need to have. And Rand Paul, as the Wall Street Journal mentioned yesterday he brought up some of the statistics and he was just shouted down for daring questioning any of this and it's not a matter of question it is following the science we need to follow the science and that's why our political leaders too need to not say everything they're saying is science when in fact some of it is political and when some of our leaders like we just heard in the last 20 minutes say we're we're glad we caused what word did she know? Not confusion, but... Angst. Angst. We're actually pleased we caused angst. Really? Don't we have enough angst? <laughs> I need to pull up the definition of angst and see if that's really pleasing to have. I mean, we're, I'm watching TV right now, watching, debating rules of impeachment. Isn't that enough angst along with the virus in our society
1: right now? A feeling of deep anxiety or dread, typically an unfocused one about the human condition or the state of the world in general. So she's pleased that
5: she caused some deep anxiety or dread. Really? I mean, that's where a reporter should ask a follow-up question. Really? You're really happy
1: (laughs) that you caused (laughs) angst? I think I know exactly which reporter will ask the follow-up question next time. (laughs) I mean, I'm just, and
5: all the other reporters go, thank you very much, may I have another? (laughs) And and with Cooper lecturing us, Governor Cooper, excuse me, Governor Cooper lecturing us about basically he's done everything right and anything that goes wrong in North Carolina is someone else's fault. We're, We're all involved in this. We're all guilty of certain things. By the way, we're all guilty of Stirred up anger in our democracy at this point in time, too, and not being level-headed in how we explain things. (sighs) By the way, uh, uh, some information's come out about a guy in Italy who's now under oath saying he fixed Dominion machines, and all my conservative friends are going nuts over this thing that just came out. It It was mentioned to me yesterday, and now I just had several other people say, this guy in Italy's under oath saying... He rigged the machines, which, by the way, the Dominion machines were in Durham when I ran. I'd love for it to be true just for my own satisfaction, not for democracy, but my own selfish being, because I'm always suspicious of what happened in Durham. But before we go wild about this guy saying that the Dominion machines were fixed and he did it, we might want to take a breath and find out if this guy's legitimate, because we've put too many things on TV lately that weren't legitimate, (laughs) Whether they complete a deposition or not, not all depositions are truthful, even though they're under oath. So let's don't jump the gun as this uh, tweet goes out about the Dominion machines. I'm going to take a deep breath and find out who is this guy, really,
1: in How, is it that, how did I start the show today? I, I said that. Know. I don't know. You th- caused me a lot of angst. That's all I know. Is it possible for this Wednesday to be more dramatic than last Wednesday? You call, you know, I just figured that
5: out. That's what you... You calls me angst. Can you read that definition of angst one more time? Because that fits you perfectly, Mr. Boy Scout.
1: A feeling of deep anxiety or dread typically <laughs> caused by a former governor. Oh, no, that's not what it says. Oh, typically an unfocused one about the human condition or the state of the world in general. Boy, and she's happy about causing us you know, angst and all the reporters probably don't know what that means.
5: And probably neither does she. I'd rather have her cause us confusion than angst, actually. A feeling of dread? She's happy that she calls us the feeling of dread? <sighs> well, you have a chance to cause that same feeling on the big finish at 704-374-3800, right here on The Pat McCrory Show.
2: This is The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT.
1: Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show. It is the big finish brought to you by Rugsource. Save up to 80% off at Rugsource. Visit the brand new Rugsource showroom today at I 77 and Harris Boulevard to go to rugsource.com.
5: So I'm uh, watching TV cameras in the studio, and I'm watching a Democratic congressman from uh, Maryland talking about impeaching people, and he has impeaching the president, and he has his mask on. But he's standing, Nick, within two feet of two other congresspeople. Aren't we supposed to stay with outside of six feet of people, even with our mask on? And we get lectured by these primarily Democratic congressmen what we should and should not do. And I'm watching live TV right now and watching all these Democrats stand next to each other because they have masks on. But, you know, when you have a mask on, even with a mask on, have you noticed that your breath comes in and out. (laughs) That means other things are coming in and out, too. So, uh, I've got angst because of that, but (laughs) our county director ought to be happy about my angst. What's your angst? Let's hear from you right now.
0: Good morning, Governor McCrory and Bo. Yesterday, the FBI gave its first news conference since the tragedy at the Capitol, and they said that the day prior to what had happened, they had credible information stating that it was imminent a war would be happening. How come, after getting that information, the Capitol didn't have massive amounts of security in preparation for this? I even heard that the Pentagon refused six requests for additional National Guard forces. It's infuriating to me, and to many Americans, that Trump is being blamed for something that apparently is a coup to get him out of office and have him impeached a second time. This is only going to cause more chaos and more violence, I'm afraid. I just want your perspective. Thank you. I think
5: this impeachment hearing is wrong for our country. And yes, security blew it, but I'm not blaming the security. I'm blaming the people who did it, just like I did during the Black Lives Matter the distru- I, I blame the people who caused the destruction, <laughs> who who um, used the American flag to attack police officers. It's just wrong. Violence is wrong. I don't care who doesn't.
4: Yes, Pat, this is your 4B
5: man. I'm looking to you for leadership on this, on COVID. There are two different uh, companies now providing the vaccine. And I notice that one of them says there's a 21 day waiting period for the second shot, and the mm-hmm. other says 28 days. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get the first shot, are these vaccines interchangeable? Uh, if you go get the second one, you've got. Do you have to make sure that you get the same vaccine from the pharmaceutical company that provided on the first one as you do the second one? And that is my major question. And I look to you for leadership. Thank you. I am not a doctor. I assume from what I read, you use the same thing both times because the tests were done with the same medicine. Each company had their own test. They didn't test interchangeably among the virus medicines. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't want cause few I don't want to cause more angst. <laughs> I'm not happy to do that.
2: Hey Governor and both this is David from over in Belmont.
4: Hey, I'm up at my mom's in Canapolis today. I think I had a Bee Gees eight-track tape. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Have a good day, guys.
5: You send that to me and then I'll look for my nineteen seventy-two Fiat with the eight-track player in it. Ugh. The Bee Gees, the most underrated band of all time. By the, the way, Brothers Gibb, Maurice, I think Robin. Barry. And for the last three months of his life, Andy. Okay, let's hear from some others. Good morning,
1: Pat. Good morning, Bo. I think you should play the BG song Jive Talking just for our current governor. Have a good day.
5: (sighs) Yeah, we'll we'll have to go to the disco BGs in a little bit. There's a great special on HBO about the BGs right now, by the way.
1: Good morning, Governor McCrory. Um, I have a 14-and-a-half-year-old grandson who was visiting or who, who was staying with me and has seen all this craziness from the election on. And he asked me a question. He said, why would anybody want to vote when it doesn't really matter? And I had nothing to say to him. Is there, are there any words of wisdom that you could give me that I could pass on to my 14-and-a-half-year-old grandson.
5: Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Vote. Uh, go ask the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Paul Newby, a Republican, who won by less than 300 votes out of 5 million votes. It does count. Yes. Paul Newby knows it. I hey, know it.
4: <laughs> you take your wife, your oh, dog, boy. and a baseball bat and throw T- them in the trunk of a car come back in an hour. Open the trunk. Your wife hits you with the it's baseball bat, but your dog
2: is happy to see
5: you. TJ, no. <laughs> I didn't get to filter old. these. <laughs> That's pretty good. That caused me angst.
4: <laughs> hey, fellas. I call in with a lot of different voices.
5: Hey, uh, fellas. Oh, gosh. TJ. The, the CNN News
4: Network. Shelby, anyway, this is Big Chris, and I just want to say that conversation about Pets was the best conversation I have ever heard on this show, (laughs) and Pat, I feel your pain, I had a dog I had to put down Mm. after 13 years, and the same thing
2: was happening to her and it was just like putting down a family member no
5: don't even i can't even talk about it i can't even talk about it i'll break down i've had to do two in the past but this mo man mo man special
0: okay pat you did it you brought up below deck so what's your favorite captain (laughs) captain (laughs) lee or captain sandy Oh, it's bigger than all the political
5: stuff going on right okay, now. I'm Captain Lee. Although the face job, he looks like he's had a little facelift and eye lift. I don't like that. so I, I don't want Campy, Captain Sandy to do the same thing. I'm glad you didn't ask me what were the favorite crew
1: members. <laughs> my, my favorite captain was Stubing. Do you watch Below Deck?
5: Are you jive-talking me, or do you That's watch Below boat. Deck? I'm, uh, I'm going back to the love boat, sorry. Yeah. You, you, you aren't up with the things like I am. Clearly. <laughs> you live in the past, Bo, Bo Thompson. I live Clearly. in the present and the future. The brothers
0: Gibb,
1: <laughs> the comeback. We will come back tomorrow on the Pat McCrory Show. Have a great day.